2: The Outsider's Edge contains
3: strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo.
2: Ain't nobody really a gorilla. Ain't nobody really a gorilla, I say. Ain't nobody really a gorilla. Ain't nobody really a gorilla. Gorilla time. Be your okay. face, no now. What but won't go real as been brought in by the fire jones of the Congress, the team we give all deference to G1 season. Y'all, it's your boy Rance, You're aka Ray Cash.
3: Over.
2: Weird, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you think that's weird. There was a day last, I think last month, where like the PGA Tour, the U.S. Open, the NBA, the WNBA, the Major League Baseball. Football, like all of it, was on the same day. The world is really coming; it's it's going crazy. Anyway, nonetheless, it's your boy Ress, A.K.A. Ray Cash. Uh, this is the Outsiders Edge, of course. Uh, I guess we we can just talk The Outsiders Edge, the COVID edition, if you want to. Like the shit is crazy. What? Let me introduce my brethren. Uh, I have my brother Kyle and my brother Carl with me, gentlemen. What's happening? I
0: mean, not much. <laughs>
2: I'm excited because, like, I love
4: our friends, and I love that we have so many friends that we're able to have frequent guests on the show, and I think we have awesome shows when we have guests on the show,
2: but I'm excited for a three-of-us episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when was the last time it was just us three without somebody else? It's been a few. Yeah, it's been
4: a few. It's been a
2: while since I came back, it's been guests, so...
5: Uh, so like a I'm year, trying, yeah. So it's been a while. I'm, you know, hopefully it'll be more frequent though, because I'm, uh, I'm doing hey, better.
4: We're, we're proud of you. You've made several recordings in a row now, and we are very impressed.
5: by the way, I, I was taking a nap before we started recording. I even set an alarm to make sure I would wake up fifteen minutes ahead of time so I could jump
2: on the call. So I'm with it. You, you don't see the text messages where it's like, "Hey, what day did we record again?" Oh, I, I get my own separate text messages of what,
4: what's the most frequent day we record? Yeah, it's, hey, I just want to make sure I'm on it. That's all. We're proud of you. We love that you're back on the show. You,
2: you Glad to be here. I don't think you really understood or appreciated the role you played in the show.
4: I still oh. plugged your Twitter until like a week <laughs> before you came back.
2: Yeah, and then we were like, "What's why? What are we doing?" And then you popped up. It's almost as ironic as when you guys were trashing Alster Black Ooh. and I rose, bitch, and I rose from oh, yeah. to, hell to defend him.
4: That might have been the last
2: show I was on. Come I
4: mean, to think of it. I don't I don't know because I have no idea who that is.
5: Uh, look, Solid Snake. It's,
4: Does that ring a bell? Oh, oh, the tall headed dude that Kevin Owens gave the stunner on Monday? Alistair Hack.
2: Maybe that's who it was. At Outsiders Edge C S there will be a poll up should Kyle be kicked off of this show. Yes. <laughs> <or no. laughs> and that's just one of many
5: reasons you want to kick him off these days.
2: <laughs> oh, he's I mean, It's, from it's the- cool. It's,
4: it's cool, man. I'll just, you know, chill and watch Lamar highlights. And I don't even like the Ravens
2: Asshole Anyway, to get to some business So we recorded really early last week And missed a lot of shit that happened Two of I want to kind of touch on two of the major things That happened Uh, You want to go with serious or you want to go with funny? Which one do you want to go with? Let's start with funny and then we'll do serious
4: Let's get these chuckles out
2: Okay, so Aiden, mind you this is We're speaking on Last week, because we recorded last week on a Tuesday. Last week on AW's Dynamite, Kip Sabian and his soon-to-be wife, Penelope Ford. Joey Janella got to love that shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, you
4: know, whatever, whatever. Joey, it's not an upgrade or a downgrade. Joey made a lateral move to Sonny.
2: Oh, no. Sonny's an upgrade. No diss. Sonny is an upgrade to Penelope. I
4: did, see, I believe that, but I didn't want to say it out loud because like, I wanted to respect our like non-gay listeners because like,
2: Sonny no. is that dude. Our non-gay listeners know what's up. We That's right. Up. They listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so after a few joke uh, reveals, it turns out that the best man and not just the best man of his wedding, but the best man is Miro, the former Rusev. What do you guys think about Miro being in AEW? That's a big move. Miro is a future champion.
4: I have only one thing to say about it. Gucci. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh,
5: So here's, I mean, look, clearly it's a huge acquisition like it's not I'm not going to mince words here like it's a big deal but the funny there's there, the funny thing is there's two funny things about it for me I'll save the obvious one for last but the first one is it's funny that he automatically comes in and he's in a wedding storyline like you know so this is like the second company where he's been in a wedding storyline except this time he's not the one getting married so and, uh- I don't
4: isn't this like the third wedding storyline that he's been in yep. some way affiliated with? Yep, don't forget Summer Rae. Yeah, Summer Rae oh, and Dolph shit, Ziggler. Man. So yeah, there's that
5: and then on top of it he did, you know, it's it's become it's become like tradition now for for them to make sure that when you come in to AEW if you're an ex-WWE talent, you have to shit on your former company because how else can you get over outside of that? It's, it's the AEW, only way.
4: AEW debuts their former WWE talent by having them emerge from a pit of salt.
2: <laughs> you know it's like, you know it's like, it's like. Have you ever seen a dude get jumped in a gang? Yeah. Like to be down with them, they got to get beat down for how many seconds the 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 set represents. Right. Like it's like that. You know, and then we go rock, which kind of like what says we got to do with to her business. We'll speak on that later.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's valid. The only thing I will say that Rusev I think has over the others is like I think Rusev had more right to have grievance. Agreed. About Rusev and
2: Brody had his time.
4: Yeah, like I think they had more right to have grievance because like. Whether it was supposed to get over or not, and whether it was over ironically or not, how many months did Arena's scream,
2: Rusev Day?
4: Like, that shit got so over. And at the peak of its most overness, they're like, all right, cool, Aiden, turn on him.
2: But then you hear the story that Rusev told, or Miro, I guess we should call him by his
4: yeah. name. We'll call, I, and, and the thing is, yeah. that one I will acknowledge in a not even ironic way, because like Miro's his actual fucking name. So, like, whatever. Sure.
2: <laughs> um, Miro's the, uh, the, the story that he told about uh, him going to Vince, and Vince, and Vince saying that, uh, basically telling Rusev or Miro that the only reason that the merch was, selling, the merch was sold out. And Rusev was like, "Let's get some more." And it was like, "No." He, basically, because he he was saying that the merch sold out because they were essentially kind of playing along with the joke instead of the fact that he was over. And like yeah. that, yeah, like that's like, fucked
4: that's up. Pat- well, it's fucked up, but it's also patently false because, like, Rusev, I I don't want to use the term Daniel Bryan over in the sense that he was over to the same level of Daniel Bryan, but I I use it in the sense that, like, when the crowd thought he was supposed to be on the card and he was not on the card,
0: the crowds
4: were pissed. They would turn on a show. If there was a battle royal or some shit, and they thought Rusev was going to be in that shit, and he wasn't after they'd been screaming Rusev Day for an
2: hour, they would shut that shit down. Just think about it from Vince's mind, though. Again, I'm not saying he, he's dead wrong for that. But you think about it, how Vince thinks about things. This, what's the, the, the whole today is my holiday thing is just a, something that is stupid to think of in a wrestling sense, right? Well, it, was done that, as
4: a, it was done as a throwaway gag on an actual and, holiday.
2: And that's why Vince thought it was a joke and people were playing along with it. Vince didn't think it was real. Vince didn't think people were behind Rusev. They thought they were behind the hilarity of the gag, and that's where he failed. And that is also
4: that is a legitimate indictment of the thing that of the criticism people level against Vince all the time in terms of him being out of touch. Yep. Like, if there's one thing that someone as like well versed in wrestling as Vince fucking McMahon is mm-hmm. should know, it's that literally anything can get over. Literally anything can get over, and when it does get over, you ride that shit. I mean, fucking Undertaker is a great example, but I still will go like, Al Snow got fucking mannequin heads over. (laughs) To the point that people paid money for authentic souvenir heads.
2: If you ever want to see the most '90s ass video, go look at the entrance Al, Al Snow had at the ECW event. Maybe with the fucking head. Yes, and the video's upside down, and they turn it up, and Prodigy's playing in the background, He's coming it's out,
3: rave, doing the rave shit.
2: It's, and then every time he bounces the head, the camera—it's sh- the most '90s thing, uh, but it's so dope. It's uh, so dope. Yeah. But
4: yeah. So like, literally anything can get over, and like to me, it. It is not only short-sighted, but to me it's also a little bit disrespectful, not even so much to Rusev, but, like, I feel like Aiden English was perpetually disrespected in that whole thing because, like, Rusev is the performer who was over, but, like, that doesn't get as over as it gets without Aiden English singing every fucking week. Well,
2: That's, That's fair, yeah. But Aiden was always uh Aiden was always. A, a, he was
4: always destined a, to be the
2: Robin. Yeah, like, well, I'm not saying. See, no. when the Robin home, he's Alfred. <laughs> no, I'm
4: not say- no, I'm not saying that like he needed to get some kind of mega push out of it. I'm just saying like it is disrespectful to him and to Rusev to not acknowledge the fact that that wasn't a joke. That was legitimately over and popular, and people like. I mean, him. here's the, here's
5: the deal. WrestleMania 34, okay? You got the entire arena. I was there. You've got the entire arena chanting Rusev Day, okay? WrestleMania, like, it's over. I'm sorry. If you've got an entire crowd in New Orleans, Louisiana. Time out. I mean, that's just my opinion.
2: No, 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 your opinions are wrong. But you really gonna complain about who won that match? I, oh, no, I'm not complaining about okay, nothing. Okay, I'm just making sure. Because that's but your I boy know. who won the match. So i know that. Sure. What, like, what you're standing on. But Please it's just continue. interesting
5: <laughs> to me. It's just interesting to me. It's like, if you're an instant man and you've got a guy who's getting Rusev Day chance from people literally that come from every corner of the world to watch your show, this isn't a gag that's over, man. Like, this is... Talking over, like, how hard is that like, to me? I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm some genius and Vince isn't because clearly that's not true, but this is he dropped the ball on this one. I mean, it's fair. Speaking, to say
4: well, it's fair. and speaking of interesting, it was also really interesting to see the reaction from the less cultured members of the wrestling crowd to Miro's outfit for his big debut. Because, <laughs> like, for those that didn't see it, homie came out in a very loud. Gucci Mickey Mouse collab. Like, that's not an exaggeration. It is a legitimate collaboration between Gucci and the House of Mouse. So, like, you know, it was very loud and very, very much like if you didn't know it was Gucci, you would think Homie wore his pajamas to the ring. (laughs) That's what it looked like like at
2: first. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But, like, people lost their fucking minds. They're like, what the fuck is he wearing? What the fuck is he wearing? He's wearing an outfit that retails. If we include the shoes, he's wearing an outfit that retails for three grand, y'all. That's mm-hmm. what he's wearing.
2: Yeah. So uh, when y'all talk about other checks can stick up to the McMahon checks, that McMahon money long, bruh.
4: Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a long-ass downside that bought that Gucci collab.
2: And he's still getting the McMahon money because Lana is getting them checks. Yeah, because them downsides are guaranteed. Guaranteed, sir. And I know he might not they might not have had a lot of merch for a long time, but that that three month period he got them merch checks.
4: Well and and you know as well as I do, once you become a merch seller within the wrestling industry, as long as the merch is good, people will continue to buy it.
2: Forever. Like have Forever. you seen this new shirt, the new best man shirt that looks like it's a comic? Comic. I,
4: I haven't seen that one it's yet, but I'm just—I'm just, I'm just get, like I'll use myself as an example. I bought like my third Hangman page shirt yesterday Child because to I man. was just like, you know what? I haven't bought a Hangman shirt in a while, and like this Bullet Club stuff is clearly out of date. So let me get some cowboy shit.
2: Um, <laughs> Carl, would you like to tell us about the shirt you just bought recently?
5: The shirt that I just bought recently? Yeah. The most recent shirt I bought was Wreck Everyone and Leave, son.
2: That's, I just want to yeah, say that. That's, yeah. That's Yeah. And listen, while I'm on this crusade,
5: while I'm on while I'm on it, thank you for bringing it up. It's the sleeveless hoodie, right? Which is perfect. It's it's perfect. It's lightweight, it's nice. Bill I love Belichick? it. Bella yeah, <laughs> check? Yeah. Well, yes. A little, little like, Belichick does the thing where he's still got a little bit of sleeve hanging down the arm a little he bit. He cuts
2: them with scissors, dog. Yeah, yeah, he
5: cuts them with scissors. That's like, but anyways, so there's that, but he has the show up and win shirt, too, and I'm waiting for them to release that in the hoodie, otherwise I ain't buying it, because I'm using them as workout shirts, and I they're perfect. Both of them are perfect for workout shirts. Like, just give me that. I will, I will open my wallet, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, just drop the shirt.
2: Quick note before we move on to the next thing we missed last week. Shout out to Up Up Down Down, Austin Creed, aka Xavier Woods. They got their own shop of merch that is completely 100% designed by them. Mm -hmm. This is not WWE Designs. Nerds Clothing hooked up and they designed their own shit. Did not know that. That's awesome. That reminds me I need to get a left, right, left, right shirt. So, you team left, right, left, right too?
4: I mean,. You know I think short-haired Breeze is hot, and you know I love Adam Cole, and you know I love Cesaro, so of course I'm team left-right,
2: left-right. Of course you love Adam Cole. You like black folk. Well, yeah. (laughs) The longest-running, greatest joke in the history of the Outsider's Edge, Adam Cole. I mean,
4: but is it a joke,
2: though? But is it? I still ain't met a Jenkins that's white, bro. I still ain't done it yet. Someone show me a a white Jenkins. I'm, I'm waiting. (laughs) <laughs> so, the other thing we missed, we spoke on it very briefly uh, with Jeremy last week. Shout out to Jeremy, but Andrew Yang had a, a very long, quite a few actually interviews, but one specifically with Chris Van Villette. Um and like he went, he went in, he went on on his issues with Vince, his issues with WWE, um, his what he takes umbrage with, why he takes umbrage with the independent contractor term. Um, The things he would change if he is, if he does become Secretary of Labor, if things happen, right? Um, we, do, we don't have to really go over specific quotes because you guys have, I've sent you some of the quotes and you guys maybe have seen the interview and whatnot. But do you have any takeaways from that? Do you have anything that stood out in your mind from what he said or the entire idea about the intellectual property uh, issue an independent contractor conversation. Just got to put a bow on it from last week.
4: Well, but I'll, I'm going to go in before Carl because Carl is way more qualified than me to talk about business stuff. Um, so like, I had a couple of takeaways. You know, one thing. You know, we have talked about the independent contractor label, and my biggest problem with it had always been, and has will always continue to be. They're independent contractors when it's convenient for you. They're employees when it's convenient for you. And you just kind of, you know, throw that term independent contractor out when your employee does something that you don't, like, co-sign. Or when you don't want to provide for them in a certain way. Then you're like, oh, no, 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 they're an independent contractor. But you exert a level of control over them that is very much... Nah, dog. That's your employee. Um, so, like, I I've never cared for the way that it, it's it's a very duplicitous term. Mm-hmm. Um, but my other thing, as far as intellectual property goes, I will never argue that an IP that was born, bred, and created within Titan Town should not be one hundred percent controlled by Titan Town. My IP arguments have always been more like Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, AJ Styles. Like oh, I understand that for right now, for business purposes, the company has trademarked your shit. But the second you leave, you will retain your copyrights because you have a history of ownership of that IP. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for those performers, I'm not saying WWE doesn't have rights, but for those performers, I feel a lot more complicated about it because I'm just like, well, wait a minute. Adam Cole created Adam Cole. Keith Lee created Keith Lee.
2: Well, Keith Lee's real name is Keith Lee. Well, yes. Yes, it is.
4: but, But yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Mia Yim created Mia Yim. WWE had no hand in that. Chelsea Green made Chelsea Green. Like... So for those names, I just have a, it feels to me very much like corporate takeover for them to just be like, oh, well, I'm also now going to regulate your use of them universally. And it's just like, oh, that makes me feel icky, even if legally. They're within their rights. Yeah. Like you're yeah. within your rights to do it, but it can still be gross.
5: Yeah. Um Irvin? Yeah, so I'll say this. I think, um, and you guys, you guys know me. I'm I'm a bleeding heart liberal, as some would say, for the most part. Uh, But I am. I I, I don't just. I'm not ready for the destruction of capitalism per se. I think it has a place in the world, uh, you know, in in harmony at least with other forms of, other systems. So, and I say that because I think it's important for a business you know th- these businesses like especially in the entertainment industry uh, I mean Vince is a billionaire but his employees are getting they're getting paid handsomely if you work for WWE for the most part you're getting paid pretty well um, and I don't think that that means hey that you should be able to get my intellectual like like you were talking about Kyle you know you create she create me and created me Yim, right so yeah, maybe WWE owns it right now or whatever, but when she leaves, like, I think that they need to, one thing that I think would be beneficial, and I, I, I don't know if this is something that happens or not. Um, so if anyone out there knows, if you guys know, please correct me. But I think for sure that some of these guys that come in and maybe all of them should, before you sign your name on anything, and this is the way it should always be really, before you sign your name on anything, especially something that's gonna involve monetizing your worth, You should really consider having a lawyer look at these documents and make sure that there's nothing in there that is just going to screw you over. And I'm not saying they're getting screwed over. You know, you're still getting to be in the biggest company in the world. Um, And with that said, I just want to I'll I'll stop after this. There's a lot of people who have disagree like hardcore with Andrew Yang and, and what he's talking about. But I want people to understand the one thing about Andrew Yang, if you followed him, I've I've read his book. It's very good and insightful. It's a little, little dystopian in ways, but it's insightful. And the interesting thing about him is he very much is human capital is a phrase that comes up in his book and out of his mouth quite often. And he is very much of the mindset that we should be, people should be, paid on what they're like it's not all about work you know what i mean like we're human beings and and you know we should be taken care of and i think andrew's got some points he's got some things that are probably incorrect as well but his heart is in the right place here like he is he is really looking out for the employees in the situation as he should that's his whole platform
4: And part of the reason for that platform, though, it has nothing to do with really wrestling as much as it does, like, Andrew Yang, much like yourself, Carl, believes in capitalism, but recognizes that capitalism is broken. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, like, his whole thing has been universal basic income, and the reason for that is to address the fact that capitalism is broken.
5: Yeah. And I um, mean, I'm and, and I, I, I was a like, yanger from the beginning. So, I mean, I know, I, no,
4: I know you were, but I'm bringing those things up just to say that, like, it makes perfect sense that he would come down on the side of the employee because, like, the idea of human capital is just this idea. It's really just an extension of the idea of basic universal rights, like you have worth by being alive and a member of our society. Uh-huh. Absolutely, yeah. And so we are going to compensate you inher- for that inherent value you provide, and our society benefits in the long term because you will buy things.
2: I I agree with you, you. filter that money back into the society. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. And, no. and by the
5: way, sh- shout out Andrew Yang. If you want to come on the show, <laughs> uh, let, us, let us know. Uh, let me.
2: Let me no,
4: Yang, no, but you know what Andrew Yang is a good example of though. Like, the wrestling audience might be niche, but it is very wide, and you
2: never fucking know who's paying attention to what's going on in the wrestles. Did you see Michael Thompson, the former Laker, talking about Eddie Kingston last night? Like, you are so right. So. Let me right. let me put a let me put a ball on Andrew Yang real quick because I do want to make two points that I noticed, and I made him I made them to y'all personally, but I want to say them on air. The two things that that caught me, by and large, what he said, he he's he's well, the dude is an amazing speaker. I think he's very passionate about the things he chooses to speak about, and his heart is in the right place. And by and large, I think he's right about a lot of the things he's speaking on. Two things caught me off guard, and I took them as incorrect. One of them is he spoke very fervently about intellectual property, speaking about uh, comparing Disney, saying, well, Disney doesn't own Emma Watson. No, they don't. But Emma Watson can't go on her own volition without Disney and, and make money as Belle. Because... I think,
4: I, but, you're right, but I think that that also speaks to how wrestling is different from well, I was, other
2: I was get to forms that,
4: yeah. of entertainment. Is just like nobody gives a fuck who Austin Jenkins is. And in a lot of ways, Adam Cole likes that because, like, he can have that anonymity. But, like, in terms of being a bigger brand of wrestler, he has to constantly be Adam Cole. If a a network advertises that Austin Jenkins is coming on, not a whole lot of people are paying attention to that. That's why Woods is so great because Woods was smart enough to always make sure to monetize Austin Creed as a name as well. So, like, people know Xavier Woods, WWE superstar, but within all of the industries that he wants it to matter
2: in, people also know who the fuck Austin Creed is. Mm -hmm. Um, Nonetheless, you're absolutely right, but still, that's not Vince's fault. That's not Vince's problem. Um and I his he used he tried to use the the analogy about when Nash and Hall left and they brought in the new Diesel and the new Razor and he was like well that was ridiculous because we know who Diesel and, and Razor are no we knew who they were Diesel and Razor were WWE creations and much like Chadwick Bozeman died if they choose yes. to go ahead. No, you're, you're right.
4: No, you're right. I was saying it's only different. It's only different in the sense that the kayfabe of wrestling doesn't operate the exact same way as the, as the like, fourth wall of a scripted series. But that's literally the only difference.
2: So, kayfabe like, died in that, 1996 when Vince came out and said wrestling's real.
4: Well, you're Vince right. Not- but, I mean, you're right. But, like, at the same time, D- fake Diesel and Fake Razor only failed because it insulted the intelligence of the viewer. It didn't fail because it was, like, inherently wrong to do. Because you're right. It's nothing more than a recast of a role. It's The problem is it insulted the intelligence of the viewer because, especially at the time that it happened, you know, kayfabe was still, like, clinged to in a lot of ways. And so, to the average viewer, it's just like, this isn't Diesel. This is bullshit. (laughs) But, like, again, didn't fail because it was him committing some kind of heresy. Failed because it insulted the intelligence of his viewer and he had to
2: abandon it in favor of other things. I got you. But Yang's actual point is that Yang was going off of bad information because what he was speaking to, he didn't have the information of what the actual letter said he was going off of what was reported and it was reported that WWE said that they own people's real names. They didn't say that it was reported that WWE was banning all Twitch and and cameo. That wasn't what happened. They just said, use your own personal name for that. And that's what, what was Yang's impetus for this opinion. And on that respect, I feel that it's incorrect because ultimately Vince owns those WWE names, so if anything happens under that WWE name, if Big E gets on the call right now as Big E and, you know, all the speaking out stuff, so knock on wood, something happens, that's Big E under WWE. That's under work time because that's a name he owns. If it doesn't right. it or a win, that's not under work time.
4: Yeah. Fuck that. Just, just drop the big and just be E. That's the, easiest way, that's the easiest way to market yourself and still, like, I'm following your guideline. I'm not big E. I'm just E. E is my first and last initial. And exactly. it's also what everybody just so
2: happens to know me by. Exactly. And so I didn't like the analogies he tried to make because he tried to find a difference in them when there is literally no difference. It's just people accept one and don't accept the other. They ain't got nothing to do with business. The other issue I, I had, the other issue I had was he seemed like a lot of this was personal, because he spoke about how he had so so many of his heroes from the '80s are dead, and he can't understand why they were dead, and so he felt like he, he blamed personally blames Vince for that, and there is a heavy level of responsibility Vince bears. Oh um, yeah. There's a heavy level. Just it like- ain't all on Vince, though,
4: because, like, I got news for you, bro. A lot of your heroes that died, died when they weren't
2: working for Vince. Yeah, absolutely. Vince didn't make them take like- drugs. Vince didn't make them.
3: Well,
2: I, I, didn't say steroids. I said drugs. F-
4: ah, steroids is drugs.
2: No, I'm talking, no. Most of these guys didn't die from steroid-related drugs. They died right.
4: from. They didn't. I'm just saying steroids is drugs.
2: Yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say. You get my point.
4: I mean like, Vince like, not make them do lines of
2: Coke that's in what the I mean. copper room. <laughs> that's what I mean, right? Off like, of a stripper. That's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Uh, like
5: sounds Davey like a good time.
2: David Boy Smith had a morphine addiction Like a the nineteen eighties. David Boy Smith had a morphine um, addiction. Then they got nothing to do with Vince.
4: It it doesn't have anything to do with Vince in terms of Vince didn't get him addicted to morphine, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, please correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't the back injury that led to his painkiller addiction occur in the Fed?
2: WCW. Well, well, it, so it was WCW?
4: The here's the thing about
2: that,
5: regardless though. I, I like, and it's, it's, all, it's all a good point. And I, I think what we've got to realize is that back then, the lifestyle these guys were leading was way more than what they're going to get away with now because Mm -hmm. WWE has more protocols in place now to protect their superstars Mm -hmm. than they did in the eighties and nineties. So I can see why a guy like Yang is like, well, you know, at the end of the day, and this is the same guy, remember, who puts a lot of value on human worth Mm -hmm. and life. I can understand from that respect saying, well, Vince didn't take really take care of his guys because he was letting them just, do whatever they wanted at all times, you know, especially back then. And that has changed now. And to Vince's credit, he has come around on some things. I don't want to sit here and just blast the guy, you know, but well, there's that's an that's... argument there.
4: Well, and the mindset within the industry has changed in the sense that like within all of athletics and wrestling does in a lot of ways fall within the realm of athletics.
3: Oh, for sure. Within
4: all of athletics, the mindset of like, what kind of lifestyle you lead as a professional athlete who has to stay in performing shape is not the lifestyle that you led in the 70s and the 80s like things about nutrition and weight training and cardio and all ki- like things about not smoking and all yeah. kinds of like health conscious <clears throat> stuff is being pumped into athletes from even a young age because, like, schools have to have nutrition programs now.
2: Sure. And a lot so, of that is
5: access to data, you know, access we to data. Yeah, we
4: know absolutely. more now. Absolutely. We know more now. We know more about CTE now. Like, we know more about the long-term effects of steroid use and how that impacts sure. your judgment and blah, blah, blah. So, like, there's a lot to be said for, yes, the increase in protocols, but there's also a lot to be said for, like, the modern athlete behaves in ways like that are the same in a lot of ways, but the modern athlete also behaves markedly different in the way that they party. They still party, they just do it differently.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, yes, but those are two things I noticed that caught my caught my eye. Um yeah. So we can put we can kinda of put a ball on that. But those were two interesting things about it if you if you haven't read it or haven't seen it go watch the Andrew Yang interview it's it's worth it's like 30 minutes i think it's it's worth it's worth a watch because it's it's yeah, very if, if anything it's, if anything it sparked a discussion that was probably necessary i
5: mean we you know something that that you always hear about but we never really get deep into it and so when you have someone with the platform who can bring that discussion to the table i think it's okay. important
2: who can, act, who can quite frankly do something about it. If he, is, if he does become absolutely, absolutely. Secretary of Labor, he can absolutely do something about this. Well, and,
4: and again, again, you know, I said it last week, but I will say this again. Like, y'all know me. Y'all know I am a radical leftist in a lot of ways. I am pretty hardcore in my socialism. But, like, cameo is not the hill I'm dying on for the independent contractor is bullshit. I'm dying on the independent contractor is bullshit for health care. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking, I tore my ACL on the ring so you repair my knee that I broke at your job. Because, like, that's workman's fucking comp. Any, any company should be providing you with that. I'm talking, I got the fucking sniffles. Where's my Blue Cross Blue Shield? I'm talking, I want to go get a mammogram or a prostate exam. Where's my United Healthcare? Yeah, like at, because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, do I appreciate the that a lot of them are getting six figure downsides? Yeah, that's awesome. You're providing financially in a way that would have been unheard of twenty, thirty years ago. Yeah, but healthcare is expensive
2: as fuck. Yeah, especially for those guys because of the
4: type she, of work that they do. Yeah. Even yeah. if the Fed, even if AEW or WWE are going to cover your workplace injuries which makes those companies and New Japan like some of the only companies that consistently always do pay for their wrestlers injuries that's a dirty secret that a lot of people don't want to talk about indie wrestling is poor y'all oh yeah and and ROH has no excuse that Sinclair money runs long and it's bullshit that they don't always take good care of their people Kelly Klein, I love you Um, but like no, they are in every way, shape, and form your fucking employee, and you need to provide them with health care. But then again, health care should be a right, and we should all have it.
5: Right. Agreed with that. So uh, unfortunately, we're having to speak in terms, of the com- uh, in terms of what we have available to us right now, but you're 100% right. So I fall on the side of Kyle, of course. Health is a
2: fucking right. We should all have it. Agreed. So, let's move on to this. does Japan have has have, have universal healthcare? Yes. Hello every country, yes. every developed country in the world does, except for us. <laughs>
4: and some of the undeveloped ones. Yeah. 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 We are literally one of like 15 countries or some shit like that that doesn't have any kind of nationalized healthcare system. Yeah. It's Fantastic. unheard of in the civilized world.
2: So, speak, so, let's move on to the civilized world of universal of universal healthcare and the world of Japan. In
4: cleanliness. The Japanese uh, are culturally clean. Uh, yeah, like like there were st- for those that didn't don't remember this during the World Cup and the Olympics, there were multiple stories about how much the people in the Brazil that worked in the stadiums loved when the Japanese team would play because the Japanese teams cleaned up their own locker rooms. the Japanese fans would stay at the stadiums after the games with trash bags and clean up the stands we can't get Americans to wear fucking masks (laughs) but it's G1 season y'all and they get to have nice things with fans in the stands
5: they do, good for them and we and we can't even move there because ain't nobody letting our dumb American asses in.
4: Our passports are fucking worthless. I renewed my passport last year. I can take it to nowhere.
2: <laughs> so yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday. G- the G one starts Saturday. Um, and yes, it's and
4: ends, ends in Christmas.
2: <laughs> October eighteenth.
4: Oh, that's right! That's right! That's right! It's the G one. I forgot. It comes fast, and holy shit, it is a marathon.
2: And and the good thing they're doing now is instead of having all those unnecessary, stupid ass tag matches,
4: it's, it's going to be one young car. lion
2: and just one line, one young lion match to start the show, and then the G one matches. Let me it's ask you a question better.
5: before y'all get. I'm sorry, Kyle. Go ahead.
2: No,
4: that's all
5: I was going to say. That's better. Oh, okay. So let me ask you guys a question, because I don't really watch anything outside of WWE that much. But say a fellow wanted to watch the G1. Is it all on their NJPW World or whatever? It is like, all
2: on
4: NJPW World, and I believe, Carl, you have my NJPW World
2: login. So, like, knock yourself and, out, boo. And New Japan World is nine ninety nine yen, that Again,
4: is. it is $8 99. American.
5: $9.99, eh? Okay. And then, with that said, if you were to miss part of it, would you be able to go back and watch it, like on the same? Oh
4: yeah, it's all the New Japan World is very much like the WWE Network. The main issue of New Japan World is that it is New Japan is still very much primarily a Japanese company, and so like all of their stuff, they have it in English, but it is not like
2: it's not English friendly.
4: It's navigable. I don't want to pretend that it's not navigable because it's very navigable, especially, you know, you're a very educated man. Like, it will be easy enough for you to figure it out. But, like, sometimes the word order and stuff can feel very all over the place. And you can tell, like, oh, yeah, this is a Japanese app that they are kind enough to translate for us and offer in English. And they make it very clear which ones have the English commentary worth it because Kevin Kelly
2: is so awesome. Kevin Kelly and Don Kellis are excellent.
5: And so with that that said, I want to, I just, I know I'm probably driving y'all crazy here because I'm not going to have a whole lot to add to add to the conversation when we start discussing per se, but um, I've just lost my train of thought, guys. So come back to me. I'll remember what I was going to add. While
4: you're thinking of that, I also want to say that that 9.99 yen, that's 7.99 American is half the price of Uncle Dave's shit rag, so you can subscribe <laughs> to New Japan for yourself and a friend.
5: Okay. I figured it out. Yes, sir. Help me out. Help me out with um, the structure. I know they have blocks and things like that, so I guess my question so, is how does, how does it work, like winning, losing, like is it double so elimination blocks, round
4: robin? So the blocks are round robin. Both okay. blocks are round robin. I believe a win by pinfall or submission is worth, is it two points or three points?
2: Two. I believe it's two.
4: Yeah, by pinfall or submission is two points. If you win by DQ or count out, that's worth one point. Okay. Um, Obviously, if you lose, that is yet points. And at the end of the round robin, for each block, the two highest point winners, or the four highest point winners, advance to the semifinals, or just the finalists.
2: Just the two. No, it's just the two finalists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A block winner and B block winner.
4: Yeah. So the A block winner and the B block winner. It it just always feels like semifinals because there's always a block where like anybody could win it, yep. going into the last night. Okay. Cool. So, but yeah, the A block winner faces the B block winner for the G one briefcase, essentially and it's a contract to face the IWGP champion in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. I like
2: it. I like it. The, the cool thing, And the cool thing about the G1 is the world champion it wrestles in the G1. Yes.
4: So and they could the, uh, conceivably win it and pick their own opponent.
5: Yeah. Ah, okay. That's cool, too. I like that.
4: Um, the other cool thing about the G1 is when... When I say that it is probably the most fun marathon in wrestling, like it is probably the most fun marathon in wrestling. And it is a marathon. I tell people every year, if this is your first G one, don't beat yourself up for not watching all of it. Like it's okay. <laughs> That's fair. It's okay. Even even a young boy and Jeremy might miss one match out of the whole G1. That's all they would allow themselves to miss. But, like, (laughs) you know, the point is, it's a lot of content. So don't hate yourself if you miss, like, one or two matches, especially if that match is Yanu Toru versus Yoshihashi. Because, like, do we really need to see that match? I know I don't. (laughs) And I like Yanu, but, like, get Yoshihashi to fuck off my television.
5: He might win the whole thing this year, then. Just because you nah, don't like him.
4: <laughs> no, nah, it's not Goto. Hiroki Goto could fuck around and win the whole thing on any given year and have us all just be like, the fuck, Goto again?
5: That's fair.
2: <clears throat> Go ahead, Riz. Uh, So, uh, the A block, we have Kota Ibushi, Tomohi- Tomohishiro Ishii, uh, Kazuchi Okada Shingo Tagaki whoop, whoop. Tokyo Pimp Yujiro uh, Takahashi Tai Chi The Murder Grandpa himself Minoru Suzuki Jeff Cobb Will Osprey, And King Switch himself The Switchblade Jay White So Some big names Of course you got Okada who's always a favorite You got Ibushi Ishii is like a fucking superhero in the G1. He every year just has a great so show. So
4: many good matches. So
2: man, he never wins so the thing, but it's ridiculous. Every um, year. But you got Jay White who's always a favorite. Um, you have Taichi, you have Chi, who's had a great year this year, Suzuki. And then you have Shingo and Osprey who are like two wild cards, I think. Who do you think might get this block, though?
4: Who do so, you give it to? So, I mean, obviously, you know, Okada will always be a favorite anytime he's in a block.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, I'm gonna give it... It's tough, to isn't? give it? It's, it's so tough. Part of me wants to give it to Shingo because I think now is the time to start pushing Shingo. I really do. I think now is the time for that. But... I'm going to give it to Jay White. I like that. I don't know why. I don't know why. But something, for some reason, I just feel like the Switch King is uh, is going to get it.
2: What do you think, Carl? You have a pick?
5: I mean, I have no knowledge of, like, any anybody and anything. Almost
4: but everyone just- that we named in the block that we just announced are, like, a lot of them are huge fucking names.
2: Right. A black is stacked.
4: So I feel
5: like you can't, I mean, just for, I mean, for me, like you said, he's the heavy favorite. So, I mean, why not? Like, especially for that block, because you, like, if you go back and you're going to have a B block one or two, you know, you're going to get something great out of Okada regardless. So why not Okada? I'll just pick him for funsies because I don't really like, you know, whatever. It's not a bad prediction, right? I don't know.
4: <laughs> Okada's literally never a bad prediction.
5: Okay, well, there you
2: go. In, in a year where there's no seemingly direction that nobody knows where we're going, Okada's probably the favorite, I would argue. Him
4: or Tanahashi, like, the only people that you can always say, like, oh, who are the old reliables? Like, we don't know what's going on, so, like, they might give it to them right. are Okada and Tanahashi. Speaking I of, like, the B block.
2: Well, I, so let me make my prediction. I like the Jay White pick. I'm, I'm going to go with Jay White as well. You'll yep. see why. You'll see why i might be B-block.
4: Oh, I mean, I think we might be on the same page because I'm looking at the blocks as well, and, like, it came to me after I already announced to Jay White.
2: Yes, I, I, we're on the same page, I'm sure. The B-block, you have the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, the guy that Kyle just mentioned who could possibly win the shit or possibly go 0 for whatever, Hiroki Goto. <laughs> yeah, it could go either fucking way. Never he know. Could- he could be leading the block going
4: into the final night, or he could be winless, and and there's no like
2: rhyme reason. I have been, I have, it's been explained to me that Goto is the Japanese version of Dolph Ziggler. That should help you understand Goto. <laughs> um, then we also have Toru Yano, Yano, sorry, um, everybody's favorite, lovable loser, Yoshihashi. You have Sonata. You have the champ, Naito. You have Evil, Zach Sabre Jr., Juice Robinson, and Kenta. Interesting that there's three former LIJ guys in this one group.
4: I, will, I would like to say, before I say anything else about B-Block, I am really glad that they were able to get some of the foreign talent back. For this. Like, they've needed the star power. Number one. Um, the people who have been there need the break. Number two. God knows that's the truth.
2: You got uh, you got Yujiro
4: fighting Okada and shit. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, like they need a break, number two. But like number three, it's gonna make the tournament so much better. So I want you to give your B block prediction first because I think we're on the same page here, and I don't want to
2: steal your thunder. So in a perfect world i think that this would have been the one time naito won his block but it seems like it's the battle of the bullet club for me evil might i think evil wins b block and we got switchblade versus evil for the ownership of bullet club and the and the g1 briefcase and we have king switch winning and going on to the wrestle kingdom against naito which is the newest and freshest Wrestle Kingdom we would have had since what? Okada Tanahashi won? Yeah. No, so Okada Omega because the Kenny Omega yeah. was yeah, the one. yeah, yeah.
4: Since the first since the first Okada Omega match. Yep.
2: Yeah. So,
4: um I agree. I do think it'll be evil. Uh for all the same reasons that you just said. I think it sets up evil versus Jay White. I think Jay White wins it. I think Evil's brief title run, as travesty as it was, legitimizes him enough that winning the B-Block is not an insult to Naito as the double champ. And so now, okay, cool, he can win B-Block, and then Jay White can go over like he should, and we'll do White versus Naito, for the championship, and we'll do Evil versus Sonada.
2: That would be dope. Um,
3: that's I w- what it should
4: have. I would be here for it, especially if Sonada were to come down to the ring and cost Evil the G1 climax. Oh no,
2: you're getting somewhere. Oh, now you're making me think because I'm thinking mad- that. I was thinking that Evil would do something with with something involving fighting, like maybe him and Kenta, or I, like I don't know what it is because J. White can't just beat Evil and take back take back the well, reigns and then Evil fall
4: Well, first you yeah. can't do it clean because Evil has set the precedent in Bullet Club, especially that this version of Evil don't do clean nothing; and yeah. everything a dusty finish. Yeah, good point. This version of evil. This version of evil would fit in in Vince Russo's WCW. Jesus
2: Christ! I mean,
4: how many run-ins did that title match have?
2: Oh, too many. I was. I mean, God, Russo. There was never a match Russo didn't want a dusty finish. I just, he just like he loved it. <laughs> um, did you have a pick by the way, Carl? Or yeah, I mean,
5: I'll pick somebody just for fun. I mean, I you know, like I said, I. You guys know I don't have any, like, I don't know what's going on with any stories that they're telling or whatever. So, I mean, I just know personally, as someone who likes the guy and knows that their match would be a final match between Okada and Zack Sabre Jr. would be great. Why not Zack Sabre Jr. for fun?
3: Well, you know? Sabre
2: has beat Okada.
5: And I, and I like, I mean, I like both guys, so I'm here for that match regardless. If you told me that was going to be the final of any wrestling tournament, I'd have my eyes on it, so...
4: I love Saber, and double props to Zach Saber for being a British wrestler who didn't get caught up in being a piece of shit.
2: Right? One, the of, the, I, yeah. one like, of the few. <clears throat> yeah,
4: Zach was Zach was Zach sitting here like sitting pretty in Japan. Like, yeah, you might be able to say I'm a prick for a lot of reasons, but it's not because I'm a pervert.
2: Speaking <laughs> of perverts, NACUK came back today. Mm. how many perverts are still working there the only ones that they featured and i didn't watch the whole show but i watched the beginning just to see what it looked like and see the intro Mm -hmm. the intro was very well done the only ones that seemed to be featured in terms of like they showed them and like kind of mentioned them in some form or fashion was wolfgang and Trent seven and again i am iffy on the tyler bay situation because of his age I'm iffy on that, and that's a personal thing for me. I accept any criticism for that whatsoever because I don't know the situation or the time period because the kid's like 23 now. If he was 20 and he was messing with a 17-year-old, that I'm not offended by that. And Maybe I'm wrong for that. I openly admit my ignorance in the situation. I don't know.
4: Um, I'm, but- only, I'm only not okay with it if there was a power dynamic involved or a grooming situation involved. That's fair. If there's any kind of power dynamic or grooming involved, like... It is a problem. Nah, that Yeah, like, nah, that ain't Thanks. the look, son. But if it's just a case of, like, y'all happen to be three years apart, like, three years is y'all could have gone to high school together. Exactly. And, like, you didn't want to date them when they were a freshman, but, like, now that they're a senior and, like, you know, not... As immature, you looking at them a little
2: bit different. I, you, everything you said is completely right. I don't know the situation enough to make a judgment on it, which is why I don't. The other ones are pretty clear and dry. Um, I think I saw maybe one small fleeting glimpse of Joe Coffey. But by and large, they're moving on with Gallus without him, seems like, at least for now. Um, no Devlin sighting. You know, Gallagher and Travis Banks and Liguero been gone for months. So, like, it seemed like they tried to have a fresh start. Um, they got the big Viper-Piper-Niven match for the title next week. Dragonoff is a, a number one contender for Valter. Um, So, like, they got some stories that they're trying to build, too, because they got takeover coming pretty soon. So I give them credit for trying. So we spoke about the G1, and the G1, of course, is the... New Japan the tournament. The, exactly, exactly. The tournament. The New Japan's equivalent to what the you can call maybe a mixture of the Royal Rumble and the King of the Ring.
4: Absolutely, I would say that, but I would also say that now that King of the Ring is not an annual thing that like happens happens, mm-hmm. I would say within the broader world of like pro wrestling, the G1 is currently the tournament in wrestling.
2: G1 or Bola? Yeah.
4: Yeah, like, that's literally, like, Bola is literally the only other one that I can think of where I'm just like, that is a big enough thing and a prestigious enough thing that, like, you ask any independent wrestler who's not already signed with, like, WWE or AEW, and they'll be like, yeah, I want to be in the G1 or Bola. That's Absolutely. the goal.
2: The cool thing about Bola is Bola's always shows the next man up. Yep. That's the cool thing about Bola. I don't know if we're going to have a bowler no more because. I mean, yeah, you
4: know, we might. One of the owners of PWG. uh, PWG has got so many ties to some uh, not so good people.
2: Um, But if we go back to NXT UK, it's interesting we spoke about the G1 because NXT UK has their own tournament of sorts, the The Heritage Cup. It's very weird, 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 weird rules. It's kind of British rules, so to speak.
4: Yeah, so the heritage
2: called British Rounds rules. I'm looking yes. at the article. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to read it. Um, the Heritage Cup is an eight-man tournament, um, and the rules are as follows. As you, as Kyle said, British Rounds. All matches consist of six three-minute rounds. All matches are two out of three falls. All falls can be won by pinfall, submission, or countout. One fall occurs. Once a fall occurs, the round ends. Excuse me. The match ends once a wrestler has won two falls in the event of a disqualification or knockout. The match instantly ends without the need for two falls. If all six rules are completed, whomever is ahead on falls wins the match. There'll be a 22nd break between each round and it will be defended as a title. So (laughs) that's very different. And just to give you guys faces names to the faces. Flash Morgan Webster, Noam Dar, Alexander Wolf, A-Kid, Dave Mastiff, Trent Seven, Joseph Connors, and a wild card entrant are the guys. And I think the wild card entrant may be Pete Dunne.
4: If they're smart, the wild card entrant is Pete Dunne. Well, Pete like, Dunne's
2: advertised for something with the Heritage Cup for next. If next it week. wasn't for,
4: like, honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, like, I would say if WWE is smart, they just, just push Pete Dunne, period, end of story. Like, bring this <laughs> motherfucker stateside if he's willing. If he's not, like, get him for, get him here for as many dates a year as he'd be willing to give you
2: and just push this dude. Well, that's the sad part because he had kind of made the full-time transition to, uh, to NXT proper. Um, before COVID, and you know, yeah, me, he had a newborn. They were doing the
4: browser weights thing exactly.
2: with uh, dude, Matt Riddle. And, and um, he, he's I, I, not a newborn now. I think his daughter is like two, maybe one and a half, two. Um, so that's interesting. And he'll be a huge star here, too. But that'd be the right move for them right now because they need the star power. Um, but I mean, I don't, you guys have any idea? You want to make a prediction on that? I don't
4: watch enough NXT UK. And by I don't watch enough NXT UK, I mean, I don't watch, watch NXT <laughs> UK. <laughs> yeah. uh, no disrespect to the NXT dudes, but like your show is on and on a Friday afternoon. And like my weekends are spoken for. So like, sorry, bro. Um, sorry, bros. I'll catch you guys on takeovers and the occasional <laughs> r- rumble up here. Um, but like, just looking at the list of names and giving a
2: rando prediction,
4: I'm gonna say Dave Mastiff.
2: Um, do you know what Dave Mastiff is, Carl?
5: I, I don't I haven't seen I've seen him. I have not like I'm not like familiar necessarily.
2: But you know what he looks like. Yes, I do, He's yeah. A big motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, he
5: is. I, I know who I know what he looks like, yeah. Um so I mean same thing kinda with Kyle. I mean like I've I'm like Raw and SmackDown only, and most of the time it's just SmackDown. I try to keep up with Raw so that I can do this kind of stuff. Uh, Carl
4: knows what's (laughs) up. He watches the right show and he keeps (laughs) up with the other one.
5: (laughs) That said, just for fun, because I really like him, and I hope he's not a piece of shit. I don't know all these NXT UK guys. I'll take Noam Dar. I
2: don't know. Why not? What's funny is of all the people you would think would be a piece of shit, It would be Noam Dar, but he's not. That's hilarious.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I loved him. I loved him when he was in WWE doing his thing with Alicia Fox. And so, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's goofy, but yeah, I like him. So,
2: Eddie Dennis, look out for that name, Eddie Dennis. It's his time. I think. I think it's his time to get a big push. And I, I say this as an NXT UK watcher. So those of you who watch NXT UK understand. It's his time. Um, he's he's ready. Um, so, moving off managed to UK to another interesting tournament. Those Sinclair boys are back. And they have a tournament of their own which is more sport than the sports people that's supposed to be sport-like. The Ring of Honor pure title is back. That's something that I
4: still can't believe it.
2: It's crazy, isn't it? Like I that's just, like wow. Ryan Dan- Danielson, Takeshi Morishimi type level, well, and right? I'm, and Jay, I'm really interested,
4: and I'm really interested if they're going to keep their tradi- like like that tradition of it being like the work rate title. It is, and
2: they 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 have to adhere to the code of honor. All of that's back, bro. Oh shit! You survived the code. The Code of Honor is back. So oh my every God. yes, every match begins and ends with the Code of Honor handshake. Well, is before I go to any further,
4: make me watch their shitty show again.
2: <laughs> well, 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 hold on. Before we go any further, I'm just curious, Carl. Do you know what the Code of Honor is? Fuck no.
5: <laughs> Sorry, it, I said that so condescendingly, and you asked so nicely. No, Rance, I do not.
2: Oh, I didn't know if you. I didn't. Oh, you, so you really don't know?
5: No, I mean I don't pay. If that's Ring of Honor stuff, I don't. Okay.
4: I don't know.
2: Yeah, I didn't but know. I mean, like
4: you're you're of the right age that you could have been plugged into early Ring of Honor. Well,
2: that's, you fair. Heard, that's fair. That's fair. Would have heard of it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, especially because like that, the era when the code was big, like it. Oh. Ring of Honor was
2: hot. Uh, Joe, Punk, AJ. Yeah. yeah. Like, the basic gist
4: of the Code of Honor, Carl, is exactly kind of what it sounds like. You must begin and end every match with a handshake. Okay. Um, you follow all of the rules. You don't, you know, get outside stuff involved, and you don't have other people,
2: um, you know. It's Basically, basic- that's it. Yeah. I think disqualifications if there's a disqualification in the title match, the person who the title the title goes gets changed. And yeah. if you've noticed like the big fights they had where people didn't like each other were fights without honor because they didn't have to adhere to the code of honor. They could just beat the shit out of each other. Yes. <laughs> you remember when Brian and Punk fought each other at over the edge or whatever over the limit or whatever pay-per-view that was? The pay-per-view where John Cena fought John Laurinaitis? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Fucking Brown with the Card. If you notice, they shook hands before the match because they were doing the Code of Honor to give respect to Ring of Honor where they came from.
5: Okay, so with that, does anybody, I mean, does any, can you get away with not following the Code of Honor?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, in So early that was
5: my main question because I'm like, you can't have this without having some kind of oh, way. Yeah, it's no, wrestling. In
4: early Ring of Honor, it was one of those ways where it was. For newbies, this is the easiest way to tell them how to distinguish between who's heel and who's face, because right. the heels would always find ways around the code, or like, they would refuse to shake hands and shit
2: <laughs> like that. Okay, cool. So, with the, with the pure tournament, and the pure title was big back in the early 2000s. So yeah. Nigel McGinnis. Um, Nigel McGinnis and D. Bry. Yeah. Every match begins and ends with the Code of Honor handshake. Each wrestler has three rope breaks to stop submission holes and pinfalls. After a wrestler exhausts his rope breaks, submission and pin attempts or on or under the ropes by his opponent are legal. Think about that. That's interesting. Closed, punches, closed fist punches to the face are not permitted. Only open-handed slaps or chops to the face are allowed. Punches to other parts of the body are permitted, excluding low blows. The first use of a closed fist will get a warning. The second will be a disqualification. As in standard Ring of Honor matches, there will be a 20-second count when a wrestler's on the floor. Outside interference will result in automatic termination from the roster for the wrestler that interferes. That's big. No dusty finishes in the pure title. No, this ain't the one. (laughs) Uh uh-uh. uh. Two blocks, single elimination format, round one matches fifteen minutes, block semifinals twenty minutes, block finals thirty minutes, tournament final one hour limit. There will be three judges for each match, and a time limit draw will go to a judge's decision. All right. Block A. We have Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle, David Finley versus Rocky Romero. My boy finally getting a shot. Fred Yehi versus... Fred Yehi. Oh, versus... Remember, you remember Yehi from... Yeah, the I do. Fox, yeah. I do. Yehi was a beast in the in those Yeah, shows. he was great, yeah. Yehi versus uh, Silas Young. And Tracy Williams versus Rust Taylor. Never heard of the kid. <laughs> Block B, the guy who's probably going to win this tournament, John Gresham, versus Wheeler Utah. Um, Delirious wrestling again apparently since he's booking again. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. First, he, uh, first, first. <laughs> since Carl might not know this, um, Delirious
4: was ROH's head booker, then lost the job to Marty Skrull, and then they had to take the job from Marty Skrull because you know he's a pervert, and so they gave the job back to Delirious.
2: Well, actually, he lost the job to Bully first.
4: Oh, I forgot he B- lost to I was
2: booking for, for a minute. <laughs>
4: Um, oh, how could I forget? So, when he was booking too. It's always so obvious when he's booking for
2: a company. When he's booking, is his book? He books like, like ECW. His,
4: I was gonna say his his him and Tommy. Like that's why you can tell they're working with Impact, because there is a lot of ECW shit about Impact.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so want to say? Gresham versus Willie Utah. Delirious versus Matt Sydal. Josh Woods versus the newly engaged Kenny King. King, and uh, P.J. And King, sir, and P.J. Black, aka former Justin Gabriel, versus Tony Deppen. Pure Championship Justin is big and of One Yeah, that's a name I haven't Dare, heard in a while. I'm, he's been wrestling forever; it's just under different names.
4: Well, yeah, wow. and then remember he had to take a year off because he had that accident.
2: Oh yeah, because he like the gimmick he had where he's like a daredevil. That ain't no gimmick. He does that shit. Yeah,
4: like he lost a finger. Oh, shit. It was like his pinky finger, but like still, he lost a fucking finger.
2: <laughs> right. Or um, was it a toe? It's, it was an appendage. I don't remember which one. Yeah, it was but either it a was finger or a toe.
4: In fact, I was, think it might have uh, been his pinky toe, not a finger, because I think the reason he had to take so much time off is, people don't realize this, you lose your pinky toe, you literally have to relearn how to walk, y'all. Like, yeah. your body depends on all of them toes to support yeah. weight. And shit. All them toes.
2: It's some toes being in this house. It's some toes. Okay. Sorry.
5: <laughs> right.
2: You I'm want a gonna... toe.
5: I get you a toe. <laughs>
2: uh I'm not gonna have you guys make the predictions for that, but I think this is perfect for John Gresham to break out. Absolutely. Gresham and versus EI in the final. Let me tell you something, man. Like a few people really stood out to us when we saw that Evolve show. Darby was the first guy, because Darby and Ethan Page were the first two. Yeah. High and Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, shout out to Hot Sauce. Hot Sauce. And then I, I know Riddle is how we feel about Riddle now, but um, Sabre, and that's when I first learned about the, the beauty that is Chuck Taylor. Because he wrestled, Chuck Taylor threw Matt Riddle at us, you know, basically. Yeah. Him as at us the fans it was beautiful you know what people don't realize about chucky t
4: is like he doesn't have the look like that is the thing that he does not have at all he does not have the look but everything he does is so smooth oh yeah he's good he, he's good at his job it's- so, well, the funny thing
5: is, like he's so self deprecating. Like if you see him on Twitter, like if you yep. told him, Hey, you don't have the look, he'd be like, Yeah, I know I don't have the fucking look. I'm ugly oh, as no, like, no.
4: hell. Like, yeah, that's part of his own joke about himself, is yeah, yeah. um but like he's so great. He's so great. Um no, I'm gonna give a wild prediction to face Gresham in the finals because I don't know, it feels like he's getting a bit of shine in ROH. Uh, David Finley.
2: I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad yeah. at that. Although I want like David Finley some shine in ROH. I want Finley to. I want Finley to be the in New Japan U.S. champ. Yeah, yeah. My question is, well, but I. But it's I mean, he champ. could
4: beat Kenta for the
2: briefcase. Sure, or if Kenta loses to Moxley, he can be Moxley. Either way it goes, I think Finley wants the title. Finley is ready to break out a bit, I think. He was under Juice's he was under Juice's shadow for so long. I think well because uh, like Juice is
4: just so much more naturally charismatic and then they're friends, but and it was just one of those situations where it's like we have to get David out of the young lion den, but like we don't know what to do with him yet. Yeah.
2: He didn't know what to do it himself.
4: Nope. I, uh, and what it, what did I say, Rance? Forever. What did I say David Finlay needs to
2: do? Go Excurse. on an
4: excursion, bruh. Go on excursion. Leave. Find yourself. And R- and the part of the reason why he's my favorite is the way ROH is marketing him for all of this is the fourth generation star, J- David Finley.
2: And by the way, that's fact. He's the only fourth it generation star.
4: It is fact. The only other fourth generation person in wrestling is the Rock's daughter, and she oh. just started training, yep. like literally just started training. Yep. So David Finley is the only fourth generation wrestler. Yep,
2: Yeah. Very well. Very, very much. Very. I, I like that. I liked. I like Finley versus John Gresham. I like that a lot. Although I also like oh. fourth generation being his gimmick. That might That's be cool. like that is. Uh,
4: enough of a different thing that is unique to only you to at least be the building block of starting something. Yeah, I like it.
2: It's better than kind of vagrant hippie that he was yep. kind of doing. Yep. Um one more interesting tournament match that's happening is on NXT coming this week is what William Regal calls the Gauntlet Eliminator. Um and what that's gonna be is is basically a simple, essentially a gauntlet match. It's gonna be um, five men, two men start, four, and every four minutes, then somebody else enters, and then somebody has to win. Basically, and the first person announced, they heard my they heard my they heard my monologue, bro, Kushida. <laughs> to say. Yeah. Fucking
4: time they use Kushida.
2: Kushida's the best babyface in the business right now because right now his gimmick at NXT is attacking pedophiles. Because he beat the shit out of Dream <laughs> and he beat the shit out of Austin Theory. Like I'm with it. That. I'm with it.
4: I ain't mad at nobody for beating the shit out of pedophile.
2: Um <laughs> no so you mentioned you mentioned Chucky e. T. I wanna ask A- you A- have you have you have you seen Dynamite from last night?
4: I have not seen the parking lot brawl.
2: Damn, I was gonna ask you how you have seen it, bro, because I've heard uh, this one of the best. I'm ready for you. it.
4: Like I'm hyped for it, but like Wednesday night, my book club meets, and after my book club, I passed out because school's back in session, and I haven't readjusted mentally yet. Damn. So um, after the be. show, I plan on watching the parking lot brawl, but like, I'm okay with spoilers. Like, don't ruin how good
2: it. but, like, I'm okay with spoilers. I, have, I haven't seen it. I know who won the match. I mean, Best Friends won the match, obviously, because yeah, Sue had to drive him off. Um, Orange Cassidy ended up helping them win. Just another reason why Santana Ortiz should have signed with WWE, but I'm going to shut up now. Um, but, yeah, d- yeah, just throw that away. Well, and, 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 not for nothing,
4: not for nothing, you know? At the time, they didn't bring any Kingston with him. They could have just brought Eddie Kingston with them and Alex. rehashed LAX. They got Ivelisse and Diamante now. They could have just brought Eddie Kingston with them and had all four of them and just rehashed LAX. But, you know, whatever. whatever. Whatever.
2: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Look, and no diss, because Santana T's are happy and they're paid. So Yeah, uh, props means. to you. But Santana and Ortiz right now would be the the team in NXT. The team.
4: Shit. Santana and Ortiz could be a valuable addition to Raw's tag team division right now. Because, like, you know, I know you like to make fun of me for being unplugged to Raw, but I know enough about Raw to know that, like, (laughs) Raw is still running Street Profits versus
2: the fucking Andrade and Friends. No more. They Andrade and, and Angel finally fought last finally fought Monday. Cause, okay, cause, they
4: finally fought Monday is, is yeah. the key term. They finally fought Monday. So like sure, yeah. that had it's, been the recurring the thing. Ago. Yeah. And yeah. like they can't rehash uh, Street Profits versus Viking Raiders no more because uh, Hanson Hansen busted his knee.
5: Yeah, no, that's deep, bro. He's out He's for bad. like a year, right? Yeah. They said they yeah. might be out for a year or more.
2: it's a, it's a cervical issue. Yeah.
4: Ooh. Yep. Oh, that's such a shame, especially for a nimble big guy.
2: That's why when you saw, when you saw the <sighs> whole thing happen, MVP he was letting MVP and MVP would move because I've, I've, i i I said, hey, my my neck. That's why I've, I threw up the X. MVP knew I'm not going to move until you are stable because anything I move could mess something up. Um. They, they did have a match with Shannon and Cesaro, which was fantastic. Um, but Retribution is starting to be a thing now. And they're finally making their... Over, under on how many people
4: will actually be in the stable.
5: I'm just saying five. Well, the
2: stable's five people. The stable's five people. But it's go- they're going to have minions. Kind of like Dark yeah, lackeys. Yeah, Blackies. some lackey yeah. shit. Yeah, but like the Dark Order's lackeys all at least still have names. I mean, look, they have names. Do you know them? Can you name somebody besides three and four?
4: I know nine and ten's names. I do. <laughs> I do. Fuck. Yo Why don't
2: do this to me? And, they got, I know and they got. they got Anna her. J. She's not a number, is she? I- I'm. Yeah, yeah ninety nine.
5: Every every time I, I see, like, a, a stable where it's, like, you're going to have lackeys, I'm always taken back to, like, 90s WCW, where, like, the NWO had all these lackeys, and you'd have people like Disco Inferno who, like, wanted to be in the group, and they would never let him in. You know what I mean? Like, they would just use them to help him out and stuff like that, and I'm, like.
2: You'll like this, Carl. The greatest lackey in NWO history, Louis Piccoli.
5: Louis Piccoli. Yeah, man. R.I.P. R.I.P. Louis Pacola, no. yeah.
2: I mean, it was he greatest... was, was Scott Hall's lackey.
5: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
4: Yeah, but for my money, for my money, the greatest lackey in wrestling was sign guy Dudley.
2: Sign Guy Dudley over, over Lodi. <laughs> I I wow. was a big fan of sign guy Dudley. So kids Go back and watch your network and go back and look at 1997 ECW. The Dudley saga is so much more than Bubba oh, and Devon. The people to taped The oh. family was oh. so cro- Sign Guy Dudley if you danced were a with fan Dudley. of Dick,
4: Dick, Dick, If you were a fan of Dudley, uh, Dudley. Team Hell No and the anger management segments when they were explaining Kane's kayfabe, if that popped you at all go back and watch the Dudley saga. Big Daddy Big Dad- Dudley was a Big real Daddy
2: thing. Dudley. Yep. Big Daddy Dudley was an old wrestler back in the territory days and every territory he went to got another woman pregnant and had another Dudley baby boy. And none of them <laughs> looked nothing alike. They, but they all wore glasses. Yep, the same I glasses. glasses. Yep. <laughs> a little spike. It's just crazy, bro. Um, yeah, so sign sign. dudley was was did did a great job actually. Speaking of lackeys, the the real lackey for the Dudleys was Joe Gertner. And you want to talk about lackey to power? Yeah, <laughs> we bringing up some old names now. <laughs> let's 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 talk a few before we get out of here. Let's talk a few current things. Um, Stay on Raw real quick before we go to SmackDown and you two can have at it and blah, blah, blah. blah.
4: Uh, Don't even act like there's not a million great things happening on SmackDown right
2: now. No, there is, but I'm a Raw guy. Um, best stable in the business is the Bruh Horseman, a.k.a. Yeah. AKA the Horsemen is the greatest name. ever. And hey, by, by the way,
5: while we're on the Hurt Business, I just want to throw this out there just in case nobody else brings it up. If I hear one more person compare the Hurt Business to the Nation of Domination. Just because they're a group of black men, I'm going to snap. Like, stop doing they're not that. They,
4: even, they're not even saying the same shit. Right. Hurt business
5: but, but, but this yeah. is how... This yeah,
3: is hurt This business is that
5: are... whole... like. Yeah, you know, you're right. But it's that whole, like, you're boxing people in with your racism because oh, they're black, so clearly they're the next Nation of Dom...
4: No. Exactly. They're the Hurt it's, Business. It's, a, it's more than just boxing people in with their racism, it's the level of ignorance. Yeah. Because the Hurt Business are not black militants. The whole point of the nation was they were legit a spoof on the Nation of Islam and they were
2: a black militant group. Well, the, the so keep it a buck. Yes. But the original Nation Domination had Savio Vega, Crush, and PG-13. God I feel old (laughs) Wolfie D and Ice whatever his name is JC Ice so keep it a buck with Clarence Thomas so keep it a buck the Nation domination stable was never meant to be militant until they said well we can split this up and that's why we had gang wars because Crush started DOA with the Harris twins Uh, Savio Vega started the Burikowas with all the Puerto Rican dudes, Ooh. and, and uh, remember Bruce that said, year that,
4: remember that year that Vince just like decided to not even hide the racism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean all of 1997, <laughs> like the whole year? Yeah. So <laughs> that, I wasn't joking. I said, remember that year that Vince yeah. decided to not even hide the racism. Do,
2: do you remember this? Do you remember the 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 um, storyline when? Uh, the nation thought that the Hart Foundation wrote the N-word on their locker room, but it was, I think it was really DX, but the Hart Foundation was the faces, and the the, the nation domination was the heels, even though they were mad because somebody legit wrote the N-word in their locker <laughs> right, room. Right, This yeah. was on television. Yeah. This Russo yeah. must be stopped. Stop yeah. him. Um, also, that is yet
4: another example of the recurring theme that we see in wrestling of, like, Wrestling loves to make the heel the person who is legitimately, factually correct. Yeah, they've got a real beef that matters, and you're like, wait a second here. (laughs) I I will keep bringing up the fact that in 2018, 2019, Captain Planet was meant to be the heel because he wanted us to stop climate change.
2: <laughs> CM Punk, all he wants you to do is don't drink and smoke. Oh, not yeah, even just...
4: that. Not even that. Not even that. CM Punk became the heel after his big world title push because he was like, I'm the fucking champion and I can't get in the main event. Like, that's a bad guy?
5: <laughs> well,. Yeah, we're we're a little off the rails, but either way, I I, I want to like on the hurt business real quick. I want to kind of like bring us back because I wanted to make a make a point about him. Like, okay, has there been a better acquisition in 2020 for the WWE no. than MVP? As like, as he, as he as has as rejuvenated the career of Bobby Lashley, and I understand Bobby Lashley is Bobby Lashley, but he's been floundering. I mean, he's done nothing.
4: And, and what's even better is they've rejuvenated it, but legitimately copying what they didn't impact
5: oh okay yeah yeah
4: but it's not Bobby uh, Lash? So it's crazy. not him it's Cedric
5: Alexander who hasn't really been doing anything I mean just floundering floundering a tag team uh Sheldon. and then of course it's Sheldon Benjamin who Sheldon's great everyone loves him but he's not really done anything since he's been a keep WWE. going
2: Apollo Cruz oh keep yeah going. That's tr- Ricochet <clears throat> keep going keep it a buck Drew McIntyre got hot because MVP was the first guy he feuded again, with. Because again, because again, all
4: MVP is doing right now to show the brilliance of it, he is just recasting and recreating the good magic that he did with McIntyre and Lashley in Impact to make Impact watchable again. And, and, and by the That's way, all he's doing. And he's, by the way, hey, remember that time I made y'all fun to watch? I can make y'all fun to watch again. <laughs> Another
5: thing about this, a lot of people are down on this retribution angle, so why not bring in what's arguably, no, not arguably, is the hottest stable, the best thing in the WWE right now, and have them involved in this in some manner, well,
2: you know what I mean? Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Mm-hmm. Because, to be fair, factually correct, the her business had beef with retribution With retribution, the first night retribution ever came out.
5: Right, right, retribution right.
2: Retribution right, right. came out... The first time they came on debut on Raw, they the they that was when the retribution. That was when her business went to uh, Raw Underground and beat everybody up, right? Because they were looking for retribution. So this isn't something that just happened. It didn't just do it to no. keep them relevant.
3: It's not, not, a, not. That's you, not for
2: you. That's what I people think, listening because people listening think, "Oh, let's put her business in to make re- retribution no, relevant." No, right? That's a two month thing.
4: I think the the criticism of retribution is is. I understand why it's happening but it's also odd because like the reason it's happening is because it's been drug out for a very very long time this has been a very slow build and and it's been a slow build of the type where you could tell that like they were figuring it out as they were booking it and and that you know caused a lot of very valid early criticism of it but at the same time like it has now percolated in such a way that like this is a very cohesive and easy to follow story they started you know they they made their debut and were attacking both shows then they mostly focused on smackdown for a while and now they're on raw and it looks like that's where they're going to be because honestly that's where they need the bodies um but like this has been a pretty cohesive story now that they've ironed it out so I don't understand why people are still so shitty and do you think that they need to have because I think a lot lot of people
5: kind of have an idea of who's dealing with I mean we've seen some of the masks and there's some obvious people it seems like that are underneath them
4: but yeah Dio Madden it's Dio Madden, Dijakovic, Mia Yim and um, I don't know who the others are, Mercedes and Shane is either Shane
2: Thorne or Mojo is the fifth guy
4: do do they I, need someone like a big name
5: that's like I a. Know. Do, do you guys think it's enough for it to be those guys when they finally reveal? Like, I mean, or do they I need someone, someone that's behind it all? For
4: them, I think it will be better for them in the long term if it's just them. I think it might be easier in the short term to give them a leader, but let's right. learn the lessons of the Nexus in terms of like. If you're going to do it, commit to it. Let them be their thing. And don't cut the rug out from under it at the first sign of adversity just because you feel the need to throw them an established hand.
2: Sure, yeah. To, To your question, I think that's where the numbers help. Not just the five, but all the random faceless people. That's where it helps because... It's one thing, the nexus was one thing because it was seven guys. You get seven other guys, you can square up with them, that's it. You don't know how many people going to come up and pop up with these guys. But mm-hmm. like they had the what angle a few weeks ago where like it was four people that were on like the 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 um apron. And then like 10 more people popped up. Like 10 more people popped up. Like how many guys is this?
5: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. What,
2: that's what will help the angle because I think the guys involved are big enough, big enough uh, personalities to make it work, um, like, <clears throat> Dijakovic Gio is a Gio Madden
4: can cut a promo. Like,
2: Gio, if yeah, nothing absolutely.
4: else. Like, I don't, I can't remember the last time I saw him wrestle a match. Like, I legit can't remember the last time I saw him wrestle a match. So, like, I'm not sure how great that's going to be. But, like, from a charisma standpoint, like, he got you covered almost by himself.
2: Brennan Williams, a.k.a. Dio Madden, had the greatest, one of the greatest debut matches I've ever seen in my life. I was at his first match live because he was trained by Booker T. Like, me I and Brennan him. were actually signing up at the same time. I love
4: him. So, like, like, He's awesome. I love him. He's a regular contributor on Up, Up, Down, Down. Like, I love him. He's a great dude. So, like, I, I'm happy for him that he's going to
2: get to be a part of this. Yeah, and and... We already know Mercedes and me are awesome, and Mercedes is a, is a powerful figure in our own right. And sh- if it is Shane Thorne, Shane Thorne is the most underrated wrestler in the company. Well, that's why I
4: want it to be him, honestly. I want it to be him because, like, this could be the only opportunity he gets. Uh, like, you know, they originally well, brought him in to be the tag team. You can, thank, Mike, you can thank
2: Mikey and, for that, yeah.
4: Well, that's just the thing. Well, no, like. Not even really that. Like they brought him in to be part of the tag team uh, with um, Mikey, Mikey and yeah,
2: Yeah. no, but but even before that, he tore his ACL. Sure, but they got another push again, and then Mikey Nichols left. Yeah, decided he wanted to go back home. Yeah, so like, no, you're absolutely right. the 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 torn ACL really hurt because he was out for over a year. Mm -hmm. It definitely because he had a setback because he had a setback during the recovery. That absolutely hurt him. But they still had a chance. They got the big push. They turned heel. They were doing good work. And then he was like, Well, I miss my family. So he went home. And now you got a dude who was built on a tag, a tag gimmick, now having to refine himself again. And he was forever lost. So they know they got with them. It's just they had to find something for him to do. This would be perfect for him.
4: Yep. Um, and I mean, the best compliment I can give Dijakovic, and I mean this sincerely, as much as I shit on ROH, Dijakovic was part of one of the final groups that ROH, like, found as legit talent and knew what they had right away. He was part of that group with Dalton Castle that came in and, like, they instantly knew they were like, holy shit, this is this, like, 6'7 dude that'll do springboards off the top rope and... <laughs> uh, you know, he's real, real raw. and We got a lot of work to do, but like,
2: if we put that work in, this dude's going places. Speaking of guys, Ring of Honor had that they let go and lost. Shout out to Damian Priest. Shout out to like the mm-hmm. entire NXT roster. Let's be real. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: so let's, well, let's. The NXT
4: talk- roster for the last like six years, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> let's talk SmackDown. Uh, let's do. Let's talk Big versus little loose first. Oh, you want to get the oozes out the way first? Well, because the the bigger story is Bailey and Sasha. True. Um, but I think it's a really dope story they're telling between Jay and Roman. Because, again, as many people point out on Twitter, Roman has not done one heelish thing yet. Yes, you know, he is the... Look at the difference in, between how Paul looks with Roman, or acts with Roman, and how he looked and acted with Brock. To Brock, Paul, Brock was Paul's client. Paul talked with a level of bravado. Paul was would, was would often stand right next to him, if not in front of him, and talk that hot shit with Roman. He calls him boss. He serves at the pleasure of the tribal chief. Like, right, right. He is terrified. Of Rome.
4: <clears throat> correctly. Correctly. What do we tell the listeners every week, rance? We give all deference to the Tongans. We give all deference to the Samoans. We island give Deep all Deep. deference to the island
2: cultures. We yes, want sir. no fucking smoke. Even Jay <laughs> don't want no smoke. Did you notice when 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 a Roman was like, I'm gonna beat your ass, and then we can go, we can we can be family again. And Jay was like. I... <laughs> I think he knows what's up. But they're playing this off well, especially considering how J Jay Uso has never been a singles guy. They're playing it off so well because they're making Jay look credible. They're putting him in situations like these multiple tag matches where he knows he can shine. And are taking advantage of natural dynamics. The natural
4: inclination of the like fandom is to like the Usos and to not like Roman. And they're just taking advantage of that. It's sure. stupid and foolish, but that's the natural inclination is to like Jimmy and Jay, but to not like Roman. You should just like all three. Like <laughs> you really should just like all of them.
2: I, I really like how they're playing it though, because they're still acknowledging that they love each other and they're cousins, but you could tell that there's something brewing in Roman's mind and that Jay can under, he can see it, but still, like, he still can't, can't see it but there's so many undertones to this story that we can see. I love the way that see. Roman's
4: putting chips on Jay's shoulder. Like, uh, yeah, sure, man. Win the big one. It's cool. Yeah. If you can.
5: <laughs> Your brother could do it.
4: Yeah, I know Jimmy could do it, but, like, <laughs> you know, I know I could do it. So here's I guess my, maybe you can. Here's my question.
5: I love, like, just kind of getting what y'all think. Do you think that... Um, Are they going to let them have a match, or is Roman going to whoop his ass like, like quickly, quick work? You know what I mean? Because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, when Jimmy comes back, Jay is going to go back to being a tag team guy, right? Like, do they have? Would it make more sense
4: to show the dominance of Roman Reigns right now? I would play it, and this is just me—the way that I would play it—is I would have Roman overconfident. At the start of the match. And like that's when you let. Jimmy. Show a lot of. Or not Jimmy. Jay. That's when you let Jay show a lot of. The offense. And let him like. Look really really credible. And then have a moment in the match. Maybe it's a two count or some shit. Where Roman's just like. "All right, you know what fuck this. I was playing with your ass for a little while.
3: (laughs)
5: Because
4: you're my cousin. But like. Now it's time to take your ass to school. Yeah,
5: I mean, I I think they definitely got, I mean, you know, you got to have a match. I mean, but but I'm thinking in my head is like, damn, they could squash him just to show what Roman's all about, to wreck wreck Uh, everyone and leave.
4: Take that family story that you're already telling and tell it. You and your your younger cousin who is smaller than you, yeah, y'all going to play, but like you think you're going to whoop his ass because he's smaller than you. And he younger, so of course I'm going to whoop his little ass but then he catches you with a hook that you weren't expecting.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And you're just like, Oh fuck. Oh, it's like that. All right. It's like that. And, and then you stop playing with his little ass and remind them that you are the older and bigger person until the time comes that they become bigger than you, because eventually, you know, that might happen to you. But, like, in this case, you know, like, that's already the story you're telling. So, like, tell it in the ring, too. We're going to start. We're going to have fun. Blah, blah, blah. Then Jay is going to hit me with something that I wasn't expecting. Maybe a super kick out of nowhere. And now I have woken the fuck up. What the fuck is this? (laughs) Oh, hell no. And that can be what sets off the full-on heel turn of, like, oh, shit, I just lost it and beat the fuck out of my cousin. You think I won't beat your ass next?
5: (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I I do think it'd be a great way to like, if they really let Roman, like you said, catch him and then literally just whoop his ass. I think it would be the perfect way to say, oh, because Rance was just mentioning that he hasn't really done anything super heel yet. And this would be the thing. Like you whooping your family, like beating your family member down and put everyone on notice, like you said. So I, I agree with you. I mean I, I think you know, Jay's a great wrestler, so why can't they should definitely he should get some shine for sure. So Rance?
2: Um so yeah now we got uh and the other major thing was Bailey and Sasha. Yeah. Uh Bailey finally turned on Sasha and uh last week she gave her Eddie Guerrero promo in the chair.
5: Yeah. Really great, nice pro- great promo too, by the way, really great. Like, and I loved it cause you know, we, you, everyone has noticed that Sasha has been, I am Bailey with that title for a while now. And I love the fact that Bailey had the foresight to be like, I fucking knew what you were up to the whole time, you know? And it just really makes it, it makes it perfect because in a way, like we all have sympathy for Sasha now because Bailey beat the hell out of her. But Bailey is really saying, really? Really? Like you really have sympathy for her because she was eyeing me this whole time too. Like, neither one of us are really great people to be having any sympathy for. I love I love the way they work it.
4: Well, as we pointed out earlier in the show, for whatever reason, especially in WWE, the heels are always <laughs> the one with clear <laughs> motivation and right. understandable arguments. Definitely.
2: But, Definitely.
4: Like baby faces never are, like, they're always arguing for, like, oh, well, I deserve this because it's what's right. Fuck fuck, fuck what's right. Sammy Zayn is right. Yes, he is. I never lost this title. A pandemic happened. I went home. You gave the belt to someone else. I'm back now. This is my shit that I ain't ever lost.
3: Yeah. It's
5: interesting how they're able to play off the pandemic and create great storylines. You know what I mean? Like it's been really well done, especially on the SmackDown side with Roman. Cause that's the same beef. I mean, you know, he never lost they a title and beat. then he never got his championship match. Cause he had to go home. Like, so I think, you know, they've been working it real good on that side for sure.
4: I love SmackDown, but they teased me a couple of weeks ago. And like, I don't appreciate the tease because like, don't dangle the carrot of Morrison taking the briefcase. <laughs> and then not let my man have the briefcase. I want Johnny Drip Drip
2: to be dripping with money in the bank. Well, the the story that they're telling is they got Mandy traded because Otis wasn't trying to get the briefcase away from Otis. So we'll see. We'll see how that works come Friday because Otis is pissed. It's, his peach is gone to the other show. Um, I think that's really cool. Little. That's right. <laughs> right. I think that's a really cool addition to the storyline to give Otis not only something to do, but to give Morrison and Miss something to do and to quell the fans because the fans know Otis should had a damn briefcase anyway. So teasing us with the two guys who probably would do great with the briefcase. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic booking. Oh, all it's also
5: funny, though, that I mean, I like this about Otis. I like the fact that you think he's this big bumbling moron. But every single time he continues so far he has outsmarted them and made them look like idiots both times so far. I just find that to be I just I like the way they're working that. If you're gonna have Otis in these in this in this spot, you know, at least get something good out of it. Because ain't no way that man's winning the universal title. Like I mean, strange things have happened. That's true. That's true. Jinder Mahal won a championship once. Well deserved, by the way. I mean
4: Vince McMahon was the WWF
2: champion, like... I'd go one better. Vince McMahon was ECW champion and Roy Durack. Ugh, Vince is the greatest Vince (laughs) ever.
4: Also, also, also... Oh, God. And this, I know it's WCW, but still. Before he was, like, legitimately trained as a wrestler, David Arquette was WCW champion. That's true, yeah. Like... I I have lots of respect for modern David Arquette because, like, he learned how to do it. He has a lot of respect for it. And now he's a guy who's just like, I do indie wrestling for funsies because I'm a millionaire. And, like, <laughs> I got
2: bored and I love wrestling. So I'm a wrestler now. You, yeah. you know Arquette gave gives a fuck about the sport when he agreed to fight Nick Gage.
3: Yeah. That's what a you know.
2: Match. You care so, about the business. Arquette. Arquette strikes me as the type of
4: person, like legitimately, and I could be off, I could be totally wrong on this, but Arquette strikes me as the type of person who, if the show doesn't make its gate, makes sure that the rest of the locker room gets
2: paid. Yeah, it seems like it.
4: Like, Arquette strikes me as the kind of person who's just like, I'm getting scream royalty checks still, yo. I can pay everybody whatever
2: you said you were going to give them. (laughs) He seems like he's that good a guy, but more important than anything else, he cares about the the sport the business yes yeah um, and there's a lot of people in this damn business who don't give a fuck about it so that's very exactly very exactly that's it's one of the only things I respect about Billy Corgan because
4: like Billy Corgan's on a lot of fuck shit but like one thing I do respect about him is he does pay his workers when he says he's gonna well that's big
2: you know what we we were talking about with Yang with just basic human worth. Yeah, paying somebody when they deserve to get paid is basic human worth <laughs> yeah, yeah
4: no doubt the thing is, though, like, we're a wrestling podcast and this is real y'all that's why we gotta put it out there like the fuck thing is there's a lot of promoters that don't pay
2: here's a hot dog kid you're right
4: shit fuck here's a hot dog ask Lance Storm why he stopped working for ECW because he didn't stop working for ECW because he wasn't happy there
2: most of the guys there. Pa- yeah,
4: Paul missed <laughs> one check. Paul missed one check. Lance said, "Bro, you miss another check. This is Dunzy. <laughs> Paul missed a second check, and Lance got a call from Eric.
2: He, and he had three championships in like three months. <laughs> yeah, and I'm about to say. I was
5: just about to say, like, lows and under. We've been talking all of the uh, we've been talking all the um, the old school stuff tonight, and I was uh, as soon as you mentioned Lance Storm and going like I'm just like every time I think of Lance Storm, I always think of all the championships with the Canadian, Canadian
2: flag Champions. sticker over the the, can, the Canadian heavyweight championship. The what'd you say? The hundred kilos but, and the, under?
4: Uh, it, was, it was like that. It was like a hundred or like ninety kilos and under, something like that. And, and my was, favorite
2: one, yeah, tell us, the Saskatchewan Hardcore Invitational <laughs> Championship. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, the Saskatchewan Hardcore Invitational Title. Get it?
5: Oh my god. Saskatchewan
2: oh my god. Hardcore Invitational Title.
5: <laughs> invitational title, yeah.
2: Shit. This is
4: a Canadian this is a Canadian rules match.
2: Oh dog, the match with him and Mike Awesome, the Canadian rules match at New Blood Rising in Vancouver is one of my favorite matches ever. Dude. <laughs> that
4: entrance is still, like, one of my favorite entrances of all fucking time. Like, and the best part is, Lance knew it was going to happen and tried to explain to them that it was going to happen and that they should adjust its position on the card because it's going to fucking happen. they didn't
2: listen to him. But he was so, like, he was so taken aback when he did the uh, can, Can We Be Serious for a Minute
4: I like, you could see, serious.
2: like, he was almost tearing up, like, because people were so over for him. And, like, they even brought up Bret Hart at the end just to say, fuck it, Canada. <laughs> like, it's great stuff. Um, we got anything else? Because if not, Kyle, you can take us home, brother. Um, all right,
4: y'all. I mean, you can find me on Twitter, at Dr. S'mores. You can find Brother Carl on Twitter, at?
5: Outsider Curvin.
4: You can find Brother Rance on Twitter, at?
2: outsider Curvin, <laughs> it's Ray Cash R-A-Y and a Mysterio C-A-S-H as in dollars Black Lives Matter sir
4: you can find the show on Twitter at, at Outsiders Edge C-S at Outsiders Edge give us the fucking handle
2: you know what we speaking of old school stuff I will get you a replica Saskatchewan Hardcore <laughs> Invitational title, and I'll put us- it in a
4: brown paper bag, and Carl will light it on fire.
5: Yeah, I'll, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, we are part of the Chairshot Radio, Chairshot Radio, which is part of the Chairshot Media Network. Where you always use your dick
2: and head. Oh wait, yeah, look, it's all head, right? Yeah, Always what, what does head everybody head. want? <laughs> 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 Penis. Um, <laughs> com slash a chair shot. Hashtag journalism. Show, show. Um,
4: shout out to all of our friends at uh, Ricky and Clyde. Um, But remember, y'all, we here at The Outsiders Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen out here doing everything we can to make it in this world. And sometimes we're going to share our shit takes like... Um, who we think is going to win the G1, because, I mean, let's be real, nobody knows but Ghetto. Uh, And other times, we're going to give you our real takes. Like, if you're not here for Roman versus Jay, then, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and, like, you've got to respect that. Because if you don't... Well... This week I checked with Rance's kids and according to his girls, we still don't give a fuck.
2: Oh, my on? girls my girls cuss in front of you? Really? Is she I me? mean
4: <laughs> Uncle Kyle's not revealing the secrets, but uh, we love y'all and uh
2: thanks for listening. We got problems. I just speak to my children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk to your kids then. That ain't my problems. <laughs>